So we are looking at our next section of Mark with chapter 1, verses 21 through 45. And if you haven't read that passage yet, I would uh, ask you to please pause the video, read through it a couple of times, and then come on back. So here in this text we're looking at this, this week, Jesus is starting his ministry. Remember last week in the passage we looked at, Jesus told everyone kind of his purpose, why he was there and what his message would be, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he invites everyone to join his kingdom by repenting and believing the gospel. This is the way he put it in verses 14 and 15. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And again, like I said before, this is the start of his ministry in this passage. But, you know, I kind of wonder if maybe the better way to describe it is this is the start of his invasion because he arrives with incredible power. He isn't just doing ministry. This is the invasion of the kingdom of God. His kingdom is invading Satan's kingdom because Satan is described, uh, particularly in other parts of the Bible, he is described as the God of this world in 2 Corinthians. And in the Gospel of John, he's, he's called the ruler of this world. So Jesus is on a recruitment mission calling people to join his kingdom. And by definition, that means we are leaving another kingdom. We are leaving the headship of another king. And with all that Mark says in this, in this passage and the passage before about the kingdom of God and following Jesus, is it any surprise that the first miracle that Mark records by Jesus is him casting out a demon. He is unseating the other rulers because Jesus has great authority. Because when he gives a command, things happen. And Mark clues us in to the authority of Jesus in verse 22 by explaining why the people are amazed. Look at how in the text he says uh, that the people were amazed because he taught as one who had authority. Mark is making it clear that he's talking about the authority of Jesus. So when we see him tell a demon to be quiet, to come out of a man... And immediately it happens. The people say he's teaching with a new authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And then he shows his authority by commanding even sickness. He takes Simon's mother-in-law by the hand. He lifts her up and her fever leaves her. I mean, think about that. He commands sickness and it obeys. And then it says that he heals uh, many various diseases and demonic uh, possessions. And the last part of our passage, he touches a man with a contagious skin condition and he heals him because he has authority over diseases. He makes a command to a disease and it obeys. Mark is calling our attention to this simple idea. Jesus has incredible authority. Everything obeys him with one exception, people. Look at the interaction that Jesus has 
with the now healed leper in verses 43 and 45. It says, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And here, Mark is making it very clear to us that Jesus made it very clear to this man what he expected him to do. And then in verse 44, it says, Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer to your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. Jesus sternly charged him not to go tell anybody but he disobeyed because Jesus apparently was having a problem with communicating his message because there were crowds that were just looking for healing. He gives a simple and clear command, but this guy disobeys. And the truth is that Jesus, as God, has the power to force this man to obey. But he doesn't. He doesn't force him to obey. He doesn't force us to obey and to follow him. He invites us to join him and to freely obey him. And I, and I love how he just so simply and clearly puts the idea in verse 14 of, of uh, John, John chapter 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is how we love Jesus, by obeying him. And this is the way that I would put it. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. It is wherever his commands are obeyed. Let me say that again. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. It is wherever his commands are obeyed. It is as simple and as hard as that. Will we obey him? Or will we obey the God of this world? And look closely at the interaction that Jesus has with his disciples in verse 35 of our passage. He says, And, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. I think these people are a lot like we are. We want a healer, but we don't want a king. We want to experience his power but we don't want to follow him. We want to be amazed by him, but we do not want to repent. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. It is wherever his commands are obeyed. And this whole section, this whole idea reminds me of 1 John 3.8, and it says it just so starkly. He says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Following the devil in sin is, is following the kingship, the lordship, the kingdom of Satan. 
But then listen to this. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The invasion has begun. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That means turn towards Jesus. Start following him. Start obeying him and believe the gospel of God.